Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 99 with my friend, Adrian. Adrian and me, well, you know what? We always find this out. Why do I give you a precursor to how we've met? Uh, Adrian is a high energy, creative guy that I know from down in New Orleans. And, uh, and I think you're going to be just as entertained by him as I am. So I'm going to let you get to it without any further ado. This is my friend, Adrian. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? None of the above or none of the above. <laughs> yeah, or none of the above. I actually was telling you about a burrito I had. You really fucked that up. Right, right, right. <laughs> Where, pay, pay attention. Pay attention. <laughs> um, as you mentioned, yeah, it's I start out every episode pretty much with uh, how I know you. And, <laughs> and we met via the sober community. Uh, and let me let, I have a story for you. Let wow, me tell you that story. I'm excited so for this. this. Is, here's the story of how this all came about. <laughs> I got job first of all, probably two months before we started the group. I was maybe 10 months sober and I got job scammed really bad. I got really like hook, line, and sinker. Like they had fake PDF documents, they got my social security number. I thought I was getting a job, so I gave them payroll information. Like it was just like this whole mess, and I was really depressed. My, I was talking to my dad after I got job scam. My dad was like, write down every day, like uh, a to do list, or like what, what's your view of success is. That's what he said. He said every day, wake up and write what your view of success is, and see how it changes over the day. So instead of doing that, I hit up club the clubhouse Natalie woman, and I said, let me do nine a.m. East Central time every day we'll call it mindset success and it'll be like a goals group to-do list and i did that for six months and i got a job literally right after that from a connection i made to someone in the group nancy my friend shout out to nancy who introduced me to pedro then pedro introduced me to armando and that's how i'm working today and now i just got promoted to creative director they fired somebody else so um, that that group was great. It was really a lot like kind of like um, a group therapy I had when I was in rehab years ago that was really small and it was dual where people had mental and um, and addiction issues. They called it at my rehab group. They called it dual. And we were a really small group, but it was like tight knit. And I pretty much told everything about my life in six months in that group. And we did six months and I. In this, in this time, I didn't really share that much about myself. I was more of the host. So, like, I was more listening. And that's what was the next step for me to stay sober. And that's what that's why I'm still sober here two years, all, all to that group and, like, just giving back and, like, having that experience where I met you and so many other great people. And I met a lot of people that are in the – sober social media community that i didn't know about that i follow yeah. still like which is a Jordan. crazy place <laughs> it's yeah. there's so I'm many people really... that, i mean i i i kind of work in that space with the non-alcoholic beer stuff that i do well let me let me jump back on on track okay. with you and uh i'm gonna rewind and go back in time you're born okay. uh, do you have any siblings i have a brother yes older who's a five five years younger and he's a bartender actually okay so you 
So are you, and then are you born in Atlanta? Did I guess that right? I was born, I was born in Atlanta. Yeah. I was born, I was born, um, near the Atlanta zoo. Okay. And what, uh, what did mom and dad do? Like, like downtown, my parents were like, uh, my mom was a puppeteer and my dad was in the film business, but then right around the time they got divorced, she became a lawyer and he became a teacher. So Hold they on. started. Yeah. Can we, yeah. how do you go? <laughs> and this is, I mean, this is for a question for your mother, I guess, but how do you go from puppeteer to lawyer? What is that leap? <laughs> you'll, you'll have to, you'll have to interview my mom for that one. That's but a, let's, let's just say a lawyer paid a lot. Lawyers pay, yeah. get paid a lot more. Yeah, and do. actually my mom, my mom now is, um, the, one of the deans of professional studies for lawyers at Tulane. That's what she, she like, she teaches now. She doesn't, she doesn't practice law anymore, but she was very successful. She, she's taught, she spoke around the country and it was a lot of, um, I've, uh, you know, she sometimes gives, has given me a lot of pressure just growing, you know, but she was, my mom is, has instilled in me a drive that makes me like bear, work very hard because she's, uh, she went from like when I was a kid, she'd be making these crazy adult puppets and like it was very artistic, but just it paid no money. And we had like, we were, they were trying to send us to private school. We had no money, but once she became, she put herself through law school and um, sent me to NYU. Like I, I have a degree and no debt. She paid for my, you know, my, that's my mom. Yeah, so that's great. I have that. I have a degree. I'm looking at it right now and I have no student loans and I have a degree from a acclaimed school. How old are you when your parents divorce? Uh, they were, I was like 18 or 19. I think it was my freshman year. Oh, so year it was late. It was late then. Yeah, okay. it was late. It was late. It was, um, and at first it was kind of a little traumatic, but then things got better and they're, they're friends now. So my parents did a great job of just being like cool after the divorce, like they're friends still. And they, you know, they're both remarried now and yeah. it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with right now. I'm cool with everybody with both sets of parents and, um, it's just a really good thing now that, uh, especially now that I'm sober again, is like me. I'm, I'm able to have a good relationship with my family. Do you spend all your childhood in Atlanta? I did up until I went to college at NYU, okay. which was uh, 1998. I mean, what was childhood like? Do you remember when your brother was born? I, I do. I was my brother. I remember my brother as a kid. And um, growing up in Atlanta, we grew up in kind of a very as a lot of people would call hood neighborhood. Like there was crack files. There was, I remember one time there was a guy walked down our street with a, with a golf club was just smashing windows. Like I'm driving to school. And there's like, somebody was just like, now that was in the eighties, but now there's like million dollar homes. It's like totally gentrified. And it's like the fa We were just like the early gentrifiers basically. And, um, <laughs> the pioneers of like gentrification pioneers. And my mom's, you know, hope sold the house, made some money, but, my, like I went to private school and people didn't want to drive me home. They'd be, be like, no, I don't want to drive you home to that area. You know? And I was yeah. like, okay. So it kind of instilled with me going to private school and going, being around like the ultra rich of Atlanta was like, kind of made me a little, like it made me think like that I needed, I, you know, and I, I, I talked about this in our group. Like I even had a shoplifting phase where I was just like shoplifting stuff. And I was just yeah. like, Cause I'd be hanging out with these rich kids and I didn't have the money. And it was just like, it would made me feel like I'm not as, not as good. And, you know, now today I realize that I am as good. And like my parents were just, were, were doing great. It was just like, they weren't living in mansions, you know? When did you start private school? 
my whole life oh, okay. from from kindergarten like from okay. half they call it half day i went to paideia school which is in on ponce in atlanta georgia and uh, my dad taught there later so that was like part of it and uh, it sucked because i had to go to school like super early and i just like so what i started doing was going to the dark room and i would just spend all my time making photos and like i was really good at it like they put my photo on the wall and i went first place and like i won some awards and i was like that's what from the beginning i was like i'm gonna be a filmmaker so i'm gonna go to nyu that's where martin scorsese went i just like set these goals and achieve the goals you know well when did i'm, I'm just curious i'm trying to piece together some stuff um when do your parents change careers like your mom that was like that was like probably i was like sixth grade i guess something like that okay so how so i guess i mean was your dad making good money in the film business and that's how you were able to do not really how were you able to do private school he they were just putting all their money into it i don't know how they did it it's it's amazing how they did it because (laughs) my my dad was successful my dad was doing jobs but he wasn't like ultra successful and he and then um when but then when he started working at Paidea, he was you know getting regular money and now now he's now he's retired so my dad is my dad's retired this day so he and driving a mercedes and you know doing good but um at the time i don't know how they did it i don't know how they sent me and my brother both to private school it's really amazing and a testament to them that they were able to do that and like you know send us like send us all the way I have a great education. Can we can we dive into uh, the insecurity? I'm just thinking because yeah. you have you have the people at school. You don't feel like you fit in there because you're you don't come from this rich family. And then the people in your neighborhood, you don't feel like you fit in there because you're being carted off to this private school. So well, let, let me say, let me say, I I I fit in at private school. I had I had plenty of friends. Yeah, it's just th- they all lived a different lifestyle for me. So I thought that like their normality was better than my normality just because they were absurdly rich. It wasn't even like, yeah. I still had, I had, everybody wanted to be my friend. I'm very friendly. And like, I get, I was friends with all the different. Well, crowds. yeah, I guess I didn't mean fit in like you didn't have friends, but more like fit in like, uh, you know, inner insecurity with, with the people you're surrounded. I didn't by. have the money they had. It yeah. was just, it was just straight up. Like I, they could do stuff I couldn't do. And like, it even translated at NYU when I'd be with these guys driving in like, private cars eating lobster at 5 a.m and like spending money and it's like it just i couldn't keep up it's like i spend my i'd overdraw my bank account that was before cell phones so like i just had i was it made me like really bad economically because i i modeled myself after these ultra rich spoiled kids yeah and it's like that's not how you're supposed to live and i've learned that now it's like okay like you know like you can still doesn't you can still have fun you don't have to be like balling like that when you tell me that your mom did puppeteer work and your dad was in the film business, it's not difficult for me to draw a line to you being interested in creative platforms. I imagine that was encouraged in your house. (laughs) No, I mean, my, my dad said when I was applying to private school, they did like a test and I built like a CD player out of like, like a tape cassette out of paper or something. I was like, I've always been really creative and like, that's just what, I do. And now I'm, I'm doing it, you know, and getting paid to do it after the pandemic changed my life and pivoted me back into the film business. Like I, but I spent a career, I worked at BET. I have DVDs. Like there's um, Paul Mooney, Jesus is black. My name, a producer of that. 
I had I had a good career. I've had a lot of ups and downs, and like it's just I've had to start over a few times now. But right now, I'm doing really good, and uh, I feel like as long as I I, I, I made some promises to my higher power that I have to keep up. And um, I'm going to try to do those three primary things I promised to that. And I feel like I can't be beaten if I do that. Yeah. What uh, what role does um, alcohol play in your household when you're in high school and junior high? Your parents drink at all? Um, well, my grandfather was an alcoholic. And my dad had episodes where he would drink and he would get ugly and he he's pretty much he he's quit now. He he might have a beer that he's not in sobriety, but he might have a beer here or there. Yeah. But he's there. But my grandfather basically died of alcoholism. He was a severe alcoholic and died of cancer. Rest in peace, Ray. Um, and I do this for him. Like I I've seen him in my dreams. I feel like I had a spiritual experience where he talked to me when I was struggling about two years ago when I was first getting sober. And I feel like his spirit, I mean, his money is what paid for my rehab. That's how I went to reach. I went to like a fancy years ago. I went to Ridgeview Institute where, where Whitney Houston was and where the movie 30 days by Sandra Bullock, they, she trained there, she trained there. So that was like, so that movie is based on Ridgeview. And I went there and it was all because of my grandfather, Ray. And he, uh, it's unfortunate that he died from just, you know, being alcoholic. Um, so, College, I imagine, is always on your radar. And then you pick NYU for what the film program? Yeah, I was at Tisch Film School. I was, um, I got there and I was very, at that time, very arrogant. Like I had a big ego because, like, in high school, like I was dating like the one of the hot, you know, girls everybody wanted. Like I just had this, everything just worked out for me senior year. I, I had a speech at the graduation, just like, I came there, my ego is like super high. And then um, it kind of like, there was this award, the Tony Hawkins award, a radio award. And like, I won that award. And like, my, so they put my picture on the wall and I was like making money. Like there was like some of the teachers, we, we started doing editing for, we did this video for um, a Blink-182 tour. They had like background screens. Yeah. I only got paid like $1,700, but I was so naive. Like at that time I thought, that's the most money in the world. And then like years later, they should have paid me like $10,000, you know, but, yeah, yeah. um, but NYU was great. I senior year, I went to Buenos Aires. I started doing a bunch of cocaine. And, um, after that trip, you know, who guessed it? I come back to America and it was really weird. Like we're, we're, we were in Buenos Aires during nine 11. So like, it was a whole different vibe being in another country during nine 11. That was a whole different vibe. Yeah. Like, it was weird. And then um, we come back and like everything which just had changed. I was going to go back to Buenos Aires with this woman that I was like in love with, Marcella, this woman I knew. And our program got canceled and then I never went back. And then I got hired to do this like $5,000 video. And as I'm doing the video, I get really depressed. Like, cause it was just like, I wish I had gone back to Buenos Aires and like, it was like really good money. It was like $5,000 and I'm like 21 years old, you know, so that's like good money then. So I just got really depressed, barely finished the video, got the video done. How often are you using at that point? I was not using during depression. When I'm depressed, I don't use drugs. Okay. I just like, 
if I'm like clinically depressed, which I've been a few times. Yeah, I'm just wondering um, if that's like the come down from you know if you're doing blow in Buenos Aires for uh, an extended was, period of time. It was the come down. It was the yeah. come down. It was just like it was just like it wasn't there anymore. Like that came, I, after that, I bounced back and got into the hip hop world and worked on music videos for a while. And I always bounced back after my period. I've had a couple periods of depression, but I I bounced back and. Um, What's your relationship like with your brother throughout your teenage years and going? It's into it's college? been it was when we were kids it was kind of bad. I think I kind of bullied him, and then um, it got better. And then it, it got as I was using heavily, it got worse because he just saw me being such an idiot. Yeah. And then, um, but now it's good. Now that I'm, you know, like obviously, like being off of drugs makes things a lot easier. Yeah, and um, you know. Um, makes it a lot a lot better to get along i get along with him now and i have i have a lot he's really he's a, a one of my best friends guys i just wanted to interrupt and remind you this is episode 99 and it's like jay-z says i got 99 problems but alcohol ain't one because i drink well-being non-alcoholic craft beer do you like how i fit that in there uh seriously check out wellbeingbrewing.com they have some amazing NA beers as well as CBD waters if you like to chill out. There's no THC in them, but, you know, CBD, good for you. And uh, you can save 10% right now by using code FRIENDREQUEST. So make sure out of your 99 problems, alcohol ain't one, head over to wellbeingbrewing.com, use code FRIENDREQUEST, and save 10%. All right, back to the interview. All right, so you're out of NYU you, you did that video uh, project. I mean, what's going on in your in your 20s then? Because when you say you get into hip hop, what does that scene look like? I was I was working on like big. Um, I worked for a company called Digital Soul. And basically this got this this man, the boss, Devon, was um, who I'm still friends with. I just saw him in Atlanta last time I was there. And he started a company that was really cool. That was it was kind of before the black lives matter, but it was very, the same kind of thing. It was like revolutionary. Um, I worked with a lot of African-Americans and, um, that's who my bosses were. And I worked for BET for a while. I was a cameraman and I started traveling. Um, this was my first period of long sobriety. I was traveling to Trinidad to, um, Barbados with, and filming jazz concerts as a cameraman. That's cool. And I was I was sober, and I, I I saved a bunch of money. I bought a condo, and basically, what happened? What where I slipped off the? Because I somebody asked me this in a job interview when I was trying to find a job during the um, COVID. They're like, "Why? What made you stop doing that?" What really made me stop doing it was I had a breakup with a with a woman, and it, and it triggered a, a period of depression. And then to get out of that. I tried using drugs. I went back to doing like hard drugs. I relapsed. Yeah. And that that relapse went like lasted like six years because I I started a record label, Freak Step. That was my record label, and I was kind of like using that as an excuse just to like use more drug, like party more, party more, and just like live that lifestyle. And like you know, next thing you know, I had to sell my condo and just like I left and moved to New Orleans and just. Because my my business partner got some legal problems, you know, so it was I, just like it was a mess. I'm, I want to make sure I, I get the timeline right here. So 
after you graduate NYU, is that when you go to the rehab that like the fancy rehab? That was um that was after I, I got I got depressed and went to the fancy rehab. That's why I went okay. to the fancy rehab because I was depressed. How old are you when you go to rehab then? Like in my twenties, like early twenties. Okay. Can you tell me about that experience? Yeah, it was great. I I did an inpatient experience and then I lived in um a halfway house environment for six months. Okay. And um uh it was um really great and i met a lot of cool people and um it helped me give me a foundation for like i recommend doing that like going to that rehab experience like it's like i had nothing else to do like it was great like we had a great cafeteria we had rooms where we went to aa meetings we had you know like it was just like being on vacation basically and um i learned a lot about like the 12 steps and also just like how you got to drink water. You got to like, there's certain things you have to do that my parents, you know, taught me, but I never really learned exactly just like how to survive. Like, you know, as an addict, because as addicts, like we're kind of special people, you know? And it's like, I, I've known that about myself. The first time I went to AA, I was 19. And that was because, um, I kind of went on a binge and spent my, uh, uh, student film money and it was just like a mess and I went I had to go to a therapist and it was just like so I've I've just I've I'm better off I've known that I'm better off just not you know partying I another story I got kicked out for marijuana um my freshman year of high school and what does that you know, and it, what does that look yeah, like freshman year of high school how like you got kicked out of school it was catastrophic my, my mom was very upset I had to go before the judge, like this court of people. And like, I felt like I'd been like in the good crowd of the private school and I was in the bad crowd. Now I felt teach some teachers looked at me weird and like, but in the end it was like, I was by senior, by the time that was when I was a freshman, by the time I was a senior, I was like, everybody, I was like the best. I mean, I was the best photographer that my school had ever seen. My teacher even said that in my letter of recommendation, he's like, I'm going to push in my chips and say that Adrian is the best photographer the school has ever seen. Cause I, cause I was really good. I was really good. Like I I still have those pictures um, to this day that I took scans like black and white prints, you know? So um, I'm curious. So I know you still do like a lot of visual uh, art still like with uh, some of your film work and everything like that. But I'm wondering, so I, I, and this is, projecting personal question because i'm wondering as a as a photographer um when you think about those like award-winning stuff like the shots you were taking when you were younger uh and maybe any work you did since then like where what's going on in in your head like where do you find those Um, moments how does that i think i think i had okay so i had i had a mentor in college his name is uh onhill franco uh, I still am friends with him on Instagram and send him messages every once in a while. But he was a pretty famous New York Times photographer. He shot 9-11. He was like a journalist. And he, the things he told me are a couple of tips. He said, first off, uh, watch your edges. So like the edges of the frame. Yeah. Okay. And then he said, shoot from your heart. That's the other one. And he also said, always know an exit. If you're taking pictures, always know an exit where you can leave. That was his like photojournalist approach. 
Oh, in case um, someone comes after you and be like, Stay. yeah, you always know how to get out of a room. You know, always know how to wow. get out of a room. That is that so is those for are, those, intense those photography. Are, those are those are like the only things that I think about. But I've yeah. I've been like in areas where are really bad. But um, I think you got to have just a sense of composition, and I think that's what goes through my head and design. And even when I was bartending, so like I was taking photographs all the time. Yeah. That's what be- that's what became Frenchman Clothing, my brand, and um, that was that started the clothing company out of that. So, like, no matter what I do, I'm going to be taking pictures. I'm going to be documenting, doing video, posting it up to a social media channel. Now I do it a lot for my boss, so I don't really have energy to like. I'm not really pushing. Like, I have my Healthy and Fantastic brand, yeah. but that's just kind of for fun to document my meals. Eventually, I want that to be a Roku channel and to be like a um, network channel, like HAF the network. But for now, like a lot of my energy, I post to like three or four different channels for my boss. Um, so, what is the catalyst? So, because you're you're in New Orleans, you're you're bartending. Um, what's the catalyst to? I need to quit drink. Like I need to get sober again. The pandemic. COVID. And I hope this doesn't get us flagged. I hope this does not get us flagged. So we're like labeled as a, I'm not going to say the C word again, but that's what it was. No, two days. Okay. I remember it was March 14th, two days before March 14th. I'm like, I'm hearing about COVID. I'm, I'm believe, you know, I'm not, I'm only, I, I was like, maybe I should stop drinking just to like, so I don't get sick because when I drink, I can get sick. So I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll uh, quit. And then, I just kept going and that was, you know, and then here we are two years later. Yeah. So that, what day do you have a date? I, I had already, I had already stopped partying just so you know, for like yeah. a while yeah. I had already, but I was still drinking and I just, I was working at a fucking bar. Like I had all the drinks you could want. Yeah. I was the, I was the, I was the man in control with the casino. Like I was betting with the money and I'm on the and I'm working the casino. I'm betting my own money yeah. at the casino. It's just yeah. like I could, I could drink all the fuck I wanted. I I used to drink. I'm not even. Never mind. I'm not going to incriminate myself. <laughs> so, but you know. Um. So I, I'm curious, looking back over your your different jobs and careers, and I mean you can go back as far as you want. What do you think if you had to pick a, like a top five pieces of work that you put out there? Uh, whether it be put out there in the school library, put out there on MTV. Give me a second. I have to yeah. just pause for a second yeah, to think. think about it. Um, I, in no order. So the first one would be this um, Jackal Hit 'em Up music video. This is one of my favorites. And this is like a music video that my friend Radon, shout out to Radon. Now I'm going to go to something newer. I have a famous viral photograph. It's of Gucci Man. Number three would be Jesus is Black, my DVD. So that's three. Now, uh, let me see here. Let me pick out number four. Oh, and this 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 is shout out to um, James Tunick, who has this inter- – I did an interactive art exhibit in New York, in Chelsea. That's the, that's the fourth thing right there. It was called The Freak Show. That's four right there. I'm going to pick um, – I'm going to pick – this is something, a corporate video – that I just did for LaDuke Entertainment. But this is a variety of stuff. I've done a lot of projects, man. I've done yeah. 
Can I can hey, I ask you, you something and feel free to not answer and I can take this out. I'm just curious. Um, so you know you mentioned you're fortunate enough to have like NYU was paid for, um, uh, which you know that is awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's a, it's a blessing. It's, it's my 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 mom and my dad and my I I think my grandfather also helped, but yeah. it was just you know like it, it was it was a. It was a blessing. I mean, I've, I've had a blessed life. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't, people sometimes resent me for that. Like I've had people like, I've had people on the internet when I was a more of a public figure, like they resent me because I can be very like happy in your face. Like this is, I'm doing great. Like I'm eating really well. I'm eating well, good. I had a food blog. That, and that's kind of what I was going to ask about. And I, Again, no, no context here. I'm just curious. No, we don't have to take this how, out. We can keep this in. We can keep this in. Well, I'm just wondering how much so far, of that. We don't have to edit anything out. How much of that time, um, and and all the stuff you're doing, uh, was any of that in the background funded, whether it be your rent or your car or anything, by your parents, or was that once you got out of college? Oh, oh, and I, I would, I would, I would, if it wasn't for my parents, I'd be in the streets. If it wasn't for my parents. <laughs> So like, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's I was just curious, like oh, yeah. post college. I have no shame if, in that. I have no, I have no, oh, no, I have no shame in nor that. Nor should no, you. I, my, my parents, my my parents gave me a second chance. I would have, I was, I was destined just to, you know, like for for one, I was suicidal. So that yeah. that was one thing. Like I, one of the, when I went to rehab, like I was literally like in the suicide ward at first, you know, like so it was like my if it wasn't for my parents, I would have killed myself probably. So yeah. it would I would have like you know so. I mean, I think I, I owe it. I owe it to them and to my family and my my brother who has seen some crazy shit and just like who's seen me at my worst. And because I've I I I grew up just being fascinated with like um, with drugs and with like party and being a Hollywood celebrity like Entertainment Tonight, Corey Feldman busted and like yeah. John Belushi snorting cocaine in a in a limo. It's like. Those are things that fascinated me, you know, growing up was like being a rebel Hollywood star, you know, Brat Pack, like yeah. that's what I wanted to do. So I just like I I lived it for a while and you know, and then I lived the EDM dream of being a festival goer and just like, you know, living, you know, and away from my not not in my parents were not happy with me during that period of time because it was like I had success like with my record label, I was in the newspaper but I wasn't like making money though. I wasn't like, I was like yeah. just living this like local celebrity lifestyle where everybody knew me and I was like cool everywhere and meeting like DJ celebrities, but I wasn't like, it was before I didn't monetize it properly. So How do you, I was just, I was more in it for the party. I, I, I'm wondering if you could give any advice on like for anybody that is maybe like a, a local celebrity. How do you balance that with, uh, you know, go for staying... the money. Don't, 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 don't just, just, just forget that celebrity, forget that <laughs> celebrity lifestyle and make, if it's not making money, just don't, don't waste your energy. Like you have to like, I'm, I'm 42. My, my only thought right now is saving money and like how to get revenue streams and, all, I'm, I'm not, I have no interest in any local celebrity or like the g women that come with that or the, the fast drugs and everything and yeah. just fast women. And I, I think you got to ignore that stuff and just, you know, 
Well, I guess that's out. what I'm asking. How do you ignore it <laughs> if it's all right there in front of you? I, I lived ever since COVID. I've lived an isolated lifestyle. Yeah. That's how. Well, I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not, I was no when I was a when I was a bartender. I was in a music scene. I was like, I see people every day. I I was in a music scene with like lots of people. So now that ever since COVID, I live a very like I have a few friends, but most most of the time I'm either at work or I'm just working out. And I'm in a positive environment, so I'm not in that. Like when I was working as a bartender, people would come up and walk up offering me cocaine. Like it was like it was in it was like a street. There's street people. Like it's just like not that I would do it, but I'm just saying like it's just nice not to be in that environment. Like when I, I had to open the bar up, and there'd be like homeless people and drug dealers, and just like it was just like it was a really like shit. It was like and then like you know musicians yeah. wanting shots and just like. Everybody was drinking. So now that I'm not in that environment, it's like I'm doing great, working hard and just being very productive. Yeah. New Orleans sounds like a, I've never been, but it sounds like it would be a difficult place to just, uh, you it's, know, it's be sober and not party. It's, and... It's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard, but like what I'm here for is my family and the good food. So the food here, <laughs> That's what as hear. long as you can handle like going out to eat, like, I don't right now, ever since I've had my spiritual experience, which I, I touched on before, but I did have a spiritual experience where um, I believe my grandfather came and spoke to me. But ever since ever since that, I have not had a I've, it's been easy. And once after I did the six months of this clubhouse group and like did my giving back time. But I want to I want to make sure that I ask your your socials. Make sure you can you can. Oh plug, yeah, plug yeah. Well, you, can. uh, you can't you can't read this because we're we're not seeing the video. <laughs> but uh, healthy and fantastic is my food blog. Yeah. Um, solidized solidized media is if you ever need any high quality video production, video marketing. Also, Laduke Entertainment, who's I work for, and um, Armando Laduke and all these. That's who I. That's other people I work for. LaDukeEntertainment.com. And uh, yeah, I work for a marketing company, content marketing, and uh, we're really busy. And um, that's that's my main kind of focus right now. And I just kind of the food thing is just just for fun for me to like healthy and fantastic is like uh, it's just a fun project where I just do outrageous food. And yeah, I'll tell you, maybe uh, do some follow healthy and fantastic at your own risk because i look at that and i want to eat everything you post and it drives me i'm like no i want to eat it all i know it's kind of <laughs> I, I have to take breaks from doing it because i get out of shape i get like i'm <laughs> i'm like really like fat i'm just like i was in really good shape before when i started mindset success now i'm in now i'm out of shape so i have no time to exercise and yeah. i'm eating extravagantly but, you got to um, do what I do. I play video games while I walk on the treadmill. That's that's my workout. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. That's smart. Time Here I just walk. Time. I like I like just to go for long walks. Like yeah. when I get off of this, I'll probably just um, go for a uh, long walk. Yeah. It's really nice weather. I don't blame you there. Um, well, I, th- I think I'm out of questions. I, anything I skip over you want Good. to talk about? I think we hit on everything I wanted to hit on. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't think you have to, I don't think you have to edit anything out. I'm not That's really, good. I'm not ashamed of anything. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of anything. Um, I will say this. I want going back to the clubhouse group for anybody that might be listening from the old crew of who I'm not going to name any names, yeah, but yeah. the people that were in that, the people that were in that group, 
Um, I learned a lot about myself because I learned that I was like not alone. Like somebody else was talking about, I'm not going to say who, but about how they had a shoplifting phase and just like things that like, it's just like, we didn't talk about this during this call, but it's all from traumatic experiences. You know, like that's, that's what that could be the, the part two of this podcast (laughs) is that like, you know, it's, it's not your fault because this happened to you. You did, you know, A, B, C, like this happened to you. And because this happened to you, you did this type of behavior. And uh, once you realize that it's not your fault, you can heal and start, you know, being sober. And, you know, I think it's really important to have, uh, I believe in the spirit world, in the higher consciousness and like also the spirits of the dead. So that's what I believe in. And I, it's been working for me and, you know, so I'm just really happy to be here and glad to do this podcast. Yeah. Full circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning and whatever works for you. And that's, that's perfect. Well, yeah, Adrian, thank you so much, man. It was good seeing you and, and yeah, seeing you while yeah. talking to you. This is a first, so I was excited to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. When I have lots in common, my request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with my friend, Adrian. Um, Adrian cracks me up. Uh, I don't know if I know anybody that is is as hyped up as he is. Um, He's always excited about what he's doing. I mean, I think that's half of like selling yourself as an artist, right? Like you have to be excited about what you're doing. It can't just be, uh, you know, your PR person or <laughs> whatever that looks like. And Adrian, uh, Adrian's got a brand, man. Like, like literally he's got a brand. Uh, but he also him, him, his persona, he is a brand. And, and I love that. And he's, he's got a lot of stories and like he mentioned there, I think maybe we might have to do a follow-up episode and, and get into some of the more nitty gritty stuff. But until then, uh, I'm, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. And I want to say thank you. It is episode 99. That's so crazy. That is crazy. Uh, so next week is episode 100. We've been waiting for it and it's coming. I'm super excited about it. Do you guys know who it is? I mean, you might. I don't know if you do. You probably don't because I haven't told you. <laughs> if you're a Patreon member, you might know because there is a little preview post on there. Uh, and you can head over to patreon.com slash friendrequestpod to join up. And it's a dollar a month. You support the show. Help me pay for the stuff involved here with the posting and the editing and the servers and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yes, thank you guys so much. And I uh, I guess I'll talk to you next week. Thank you to Talia Dalton for our theme song. And thank you to all of our patrons and I'm so excited for episode 100. Thank you so much, Adrian, for being on here. And I will talk to you guys later. Okay? I love you. Bye-bye.